Oh, oh, one more thing. Yes, Just One More Thing, a podcast all about Columbo. I'm John Morris. And I'm R.J. White. This time we're talking about A Bird in the Hand. Originally broadcast November 22nd, 1992. Written by Jackson Gillis. Directed by Vincent McGivity. Starring Greg Evigan, Tyne Daly, Frank McRae, Don S. Davis, and Peter Falk as Columbo. And every episode of the podcast, we are joined by a special guest to help us discuss Columbo. Uh, we have a return guest with us, and since the last time she was on, she has earned a doctorate. So I'm wow. very happy to have Dr. Christy Blanche on the show. But before we bring her on, uh, RJ, uh, I was kind of thinking about getting the other $15,000 from you. Well, John, I'm sorry about that, because Dice Roulette Card Sports. <laughs> if it's out there, fake cowboy and dissolute layabout Harold McCain will bet on it. When his luck inevitably runs out, he gets in Dutch the mobster. Where to get the money? Rich Uncle Fred, the football team owner. But he can't squeeze out one more cent or ounce of patience from the habitual street jogger. What's the solution? Murder the uncle, swoop in, and run the team for his drunk widowed Aunt Dolores. Oh, I should mention here that he's also sleeping with the drunk aunt and plying her for money. What a guy. He has a perfect plan. Bring up Big Fred's fancy new car to explode, but whoops, someone beats him to it. Murderous interruptus. Uncle's mowed down by hit-and-run driver mere blocks away that very morning. Oh well, guess the episode's over. Oh wait, what about the bomb that's still in the car? Well, that's soon taken care of, as a hapless gardener becomes Harold's unintended victim, putting Columbo in the position of having to solve not one, but two murders. You know what, though? That's not nearly enough murder. Let's throw another murder log in the fire. Remember Boozy Aunt Dolores? She gets in on the fun with a double-cross blackmail gone wrong. You know, with the body counting this thing, you'd think John Landis was shooting a film or something. But no matter, Columbo is able to navigate the twists and turns and shoe marks on fancy showroom floors and seven-letter words for leafy greens with his usual aplomb. Christy, welcome back to the program as we're uh, going into this... This home stretch of Columbo episodes. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is my favorite podcast. Oh, really? There's a lot you. of podcasts. Yeah. There are a ton. Have but you heard are... that? Have you heard that Frasier podcast Kevin Smith does? Are you sure? Are you sure this is your favorite podcast? Does that podcast have you two and Columbo? No, no, I guess not. But it has it Kevin Smith oh. talking about Frasier. That's, I don't even know if there's something that thing. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Well, why are we talking about a 40-year-old murder show? But anyway. Well, I, just, um, I just, I don't connect Kevin Smith to Frazier. He's from a different generation than, uh, anyway. All right, let's go I on. don't know. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, well, and also, thank you, because uh, a lot of what we've tried to do is this on this show is we've tried to make folks, well, not make, we've asked folks uh, who have been on the show before and done 70s episodes to then do a 90s episode. Uh, kind of an odd little penance thing, I suppose. Uh, but this <laughs> one, that's not the case at all. I had no, never, it isn't. I had never seen this before I watched it uh, a week and a half or so ago for this episode. And really, I was shocked at it. I, and I was how shocked. Fun it is? Yes, I was shocked at how much I liked it. I couldn't believe it's, it. It's a really great because because come on, you think about it. A Columbo, uh, 90s Columbo episode, there's a strike. Uh, <laughs> starring, Thanks, McKeevity. 
starring Greg Evigan. There's a mm-hmm. huge strike. <laughs> and that's just it. It turns out those are two. That, like, yeah, it just it worked somehow. I don't know. I, I was. It's I was Vincent McKeevity that is the weird part because he directed uh, Undercover. Yes, exactly. Which I think. Which also had me non- going in very, very skeptical because that's <laughs> and, one of the worst you were ones. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, non-canonically, it's actually the worst Columbo. Not not the one we're going for, but nobody think about that in the terms of the canon. Right, yeah. Canon? It's yeah, the canon. just one more thing, canon. Oh, God, I got I'm, it. Yeah. I'm, releasing, I'm releasing a visual encyclopedia. Yeah, we've got a canon. Oh, sure. <laughs> I, we might be somebody's OC, as far as I'm aware, or OTP, sadly. What, I, what is that? I don't know. What's OTP? What does that mean? That means one true pairing. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's for people to describe their favorite fictional couples. Oh my gosh! Anyway, nerds, uh, it just keeps them from shipping. This, so you know, yeah, right. But this is this is a surprisingly and shockingly good episode of Columbo that I would actually put up against seventies episodes. Really thinking mm-hmm. about it, it's easily one yeah. of the best nineties ones for sure. It feels like a seventies script in a lot of ways. Yes, it with does. one exception. No, is like, that what's it's that? Kind of. It's light on the Columbo. It's so light on the Columbo. But yeah. when he's in there, he's, he's doing not... great detective stuff. He's doing the light yeah, work. Yeah, that is true. Which is nice. When he's my favorite, I think, is when he's in the car dealership <laughs> and all the people are clapping outside and watching. And I'm, I'm like, how? When? When does this ever happen? Well, Los Angeles know. is starved for entertainment. So, oh, that must be it because there's nothing out there that they'd be able people. to see. See, the, yeah, yeah, like all they would see are his feet under the car. I love that we got to this scene first because it is definitely it definitely <laughs> feels like the weirdest part of the episode. It well, is the thing is, so weird. the thing is, the only part of that scene that bothers me is that gathering of the folks outside the. Um, plate glass window, watching him and applauding. Other than that, I'm okay with that scene. With oh yeah, I love I love the rest. Oh, of no, the with the weird, the weird fancy dude who's all flustered. Uh, Columbo actually getting under there, doing the work. Um, and then uh, his just sheer joy at the realization of the uh, kicking uh, mm-hmm. the, the heel marks and the thing. That's great. It just it's completely undercut by the folks on the glass just staring. Otherwise, oh, that? it's great. It's a good, good and the scene. Guy, the guy in the work jumpsuit. Oh, the mechanic. The, the mechanic's yeah. like, oh, you want, you want a wrench? Floor? All right, here is a wrench. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, they would not allow that man on the floor. <laughs> near it. No, but it's a great thing of like a Columbo just uh, going directly to, to like the working class person. And it's like, yeah, yeah, just connecting with that guy right away. Like, yeah, I got one. Here you go. That like, that's great. That's a good class Columbo thing. Yeah, the worst part of that scene is the folks outside the window. I don't yeah. know why they put yeah. that in. That they I think too I much... read oh, a sorry. Variety review. I'm sorry, I think I read a, a Variety review where it gets mentioned how weird that scene is. Really? Oh, I, yeah. Oh, I, it was really weird. The thing is, <laughs> like, it reminded me uh, in terms of like the '90s ones of. Like the strangeness of like the um, the children in Sex and the Mary Detective, uh, where he's playing the uh, the brass instruments and everything, it kind of reminded me of that yeah. a little bit. Oh like that kind my of gosh. weird, absurd thing where that just did not need to be in there at all. 
I, it feels like yeah. sometimes these little comedy vignettes are from an alternate reality Columbo where it's he's like magical. Right, I, but I feel like they felt like they had to soften things quite a bit in the 90s. And yeah. This episode does not have a lot of softening. And so it seems well, like it was kind of thrown in for that. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And what was the one? I can't remember the name of it, which I'm kind of ashamed of myself, but I did have a margarita. Tonight, I, so yeah, I but also, <laughs> yeah, don't, because I've done these things for years, and I don't remember most of the episode titles, so you're fine. But I, I think it's... I, it's it's it may be double double exposure, but maybe I'm getting that confused with um, double shock. But it's the one with uh, Leslie Nielsen and Robert Colt. Yeah, that's double exposure, yeah. right? Wait, okay. no, double, double, no, wait, no, double exposure is. Wait, Leslie Nielsen? No, 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 no. No, he's not in that one. This is the spy one where he was the undercover. Oh, that's identity. Crisis. Yes, identity crisis. Identity yes, crisis. yes, with uh, McGowan. Yeah, that's yeah, with Patrick it. McGowan, right? Well. There's a scene where Columbo has the ice cream in the park, and he starts talking to the two little girls. Oh, yeah. yes. No, and creepy and strange. You're really yes. pretty. And I'm like, yes. oh, my gosh, please don't turn into a creeper. You know? Right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, that's first, the first scene. So sorry. <laughs> that just, that's kind of, um, that kind of, it may be that kind of uncomfortable with the people. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, just just as a reminder, I seem to remember that the thing in Identity Crisis is he's talking to these two little girls, and the first thing he says is a little, you know, in, or by current standards, a little invasive. But the second thing he says is super creepy. It's well, the, first, the first thing he says is, "You're a very pretty girl." And yeah, then you're a very pretty girl. And do you remember the thing he says after that? No. You know you're pretty. That oh, is well, okay, so that's a lot. weird. That well, is I mean, weird. it was just him trying to because it was the. Um... Not the murder Second. victims, but somebody. It was like someone involved the case, like their kids. He was talking to, so you get to the mom and talk to her. And, but yeah, mm-hmm. it was no, a strange way to put it. No, that that was a different episode. People. Yeah, these were just strange people. Where he sat down after he got an ice cream before they had him go into the train car, or whatever. With right, yeah, Robert yeah, they were just random people. Yeah, if a disheveled guy in a dirty overcoat came up to my kids and said, "You know, you're pretty," I might want go away real quick. Well, no, it was it was worse. It was even creepier than Robert Culp. He was in a train car with uh, David White, Larry yeah. Tate from uh, Bewitched. <laughs> like, Ugh, that guy. Ugh. We should get back to this episode. Yeah, we should get back to this episode. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I am I alone in thinking I had very very low expectations for this episode. And they were just blown out of the water. This thing was fun, front to back, top to bottom. This was very, very fun to watch and strange. It was was so much fun. And but I I've seen it so many times. Really, you have. I have. I have a problem. I no, 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 no. It's not a problem. Mm -hmm. If you've seen it, you've you've seen a TV show a bunch of times. Whatever you see the story, it's it's not a problem. If you enjoyed it, that's not a problem. So I just started over from season one again, though, and I'm, I'm still behind in all these TV shows. So what do I do? I watch Columbo. Yeah, um, why not? Good stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, so I don't remember ever not have, have seen it. You know, I don't remember not have having seen it. So when I watched it again for this, though, I, I, I couldn't quite remember. I'm like, did I love this one? And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, I love this one. Because at first I'm like, oh, that's right, it's Greg Evigan. So yeah, I we gotta. So let's let's chat a little bit about Greg Evigan. Right, that because I assumed 
I assumed it was not going to be good because of that. Because right. that's what I... the two things, like the well, actually the one thing I'd forgotten he was in BJ and the Bear because I blocked that show out. But I mostly <laughs> associated him with my two dads, and it, that wasn't the best TV show. So then I was going into this like, oh, all right, we'll see how this goes. But he was so good in this; he played he was... this role amazingly. I got so no idea. Do you know the creepiest part? Even even the creepiest part is when the two of them, after you know Big Fred dies, mm-hmm. then the two of them go out to public dinner. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. And well, so yeah. Like, two two of them, two of them. I didn't realize Tyne Daly was in this uh, when I started watching it. <laughs> until <laughs> well, no, until like she showed up in the credits, like oh, okay. And then she's great too. She blows it out of the water as well. Oh, she is a treasure. In yeah, this. yeah, she's amazing at this. Just a treasure. I was which, a huge which... Cagney and Lacey fanatic when I was younger, so I already know to expect great things from Tyne Daly. But Except the comedic turns. I know, but yeah. the comedic turns in this were like you know she was. Yeah. Oh boy, Did, it's like, hard to talk about her because she just encompassed so much in this. Yeah. No. This the two of them were great and the weird twists and turns in this it just feels uh, like a very very kind of like a dirty grotty grimy little noir story which some of the 90s episodes tried doing that and failed utterly but this just does it very naturally like this feels like it could be some weird uh, 40s double crossing crime movie and it just it just does it very smoothly. I, I was just amazed by that. Yeah, it's 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 so fun. I, I kept yelling, you know, <laughs> stop helping Greg um, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Quit. Just what? be quiet. Well, I mean, the, there's the, 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 a. Oh, sorry, go ahead, please. Well, I, there's. I want to talk about something that Evigan did as an actor that blows my mind, and it's it's the crux of the episode. So I'm, I, we are hitting it early. That's fine. We, we bounce back and forth. The, the audience loves sure. it, as we've seen in the comments <laughs> online. Jump, no, jump, ahead, jump ahead three quarters in the episode. Uh, the, the folks at home will love it. So here's, here's the scene we've got. Big Fred is dead. Uh, Dolores now owns the team. And we go to the funeral. The second we're at the funeral, and this is going to take a second. I'm sorry. It's kind of a long thing. But we're at the funeral, and Harold uh, starts throwing his weight around. And he's like, get out of the way. Get out of the way. No pictures. No pictures. And then the football players take Dolores and they get her to a Jeep and take her out without asking him. And then he's floating around the wake and he's trying to command people to stop singing. And he's trying to get close to Don S. Davis and kind of sneak him into a little deal. And he's trying to tell Dolores what to do. And he's the only guy in the entire scene who doesn't know that he's powerless. (laughs) He is absolutely has no authority, no power, nothing. And he just keeps sinking further and further as the episode goes on. He makes that dirty phone call. I happen to be nude to nice. Dolores. Yeah. Remind me, I have to say, I know later for one of our listeners. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he makes that phone call. He hangs up. Uh, uh, Tyne Daly does that amazing thing where she goes through like six emotions just in her face real quick. Yeah. And one of them, you know, one of them, and it, it, she was clearly f- like her character was clearly flattered, but also I can't believe I have to, I have to keep fucking this guy to keep him quiet. <laughs> um, 
And then he takes her out and he he's so obviously trying to play her and he keeps losing power, keeps losing power. And he's more empathetic each time. And then he tells her in no uncertain terms, he knows she killed him. Mm-hmm. And his whole demeanor changes and he gains all this menacing confidence. And Evigan just blossoms as a villain in that moment. And he keeps it going really up to his death. Again, losing power as he goes because he doesn't know he doesn't have it. But well, no, because he's a he's an inveterate gambler and he doesn't yeah. know when to oh, get point. out of the hand. He doesn't know when to get yeah. out of the game. Yeah. He just keeps betting and betting and betting and doesn't know mm-hmm. when to quit and when to do, jump out. He doesn't. He he doesn't. He knows when to hold. He doesn't know when to hold him. Does he know when to fold him? No, he doesn't know either one. Oh, he just keeps. Geez, he just keeps. Know when to fold he keeps them. anting up. I think that's uh, probably part of it too. Does he know? Does he know when to walk away? Is the big question. He no. knows when to run. Does he know when to run? Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think um, that I think that might be part of it too. He just doesn't know when he's got a good hand and when to like cash out, and that's it. I think no, that he well, he also has the worst luck. I mean, we see it right <laughs> right at the beginning where you know he bets he bets on black, and when you know it's like oh he does. He, I didn't catch that. And then, we always always bet on black. That's he's right. Like, Come on. Well, only if Wesley Snipes is involved. Yes. I need a seven, and he rolls snake eyes. Right. You know, not just not a seven, but snake eyes. So it's like <laughs> everything. It's just like man, anything this guy touches, you know, he he just loses. He yeah. he just he does it. He except just, except dumb. for the night before he's murdered. That's that the only true. time he wins and wins. The night before he's killed. A big sweaty wad weird. of five thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah, big yeah. sweaty wad. Yeah, I love <laughs> watching him like his I like watching his confidence waiver. Evigan did an amazing job. Was, when uh I never when thought watching, I'd hear anybody say that I phrase. Know. And yet I completely agree with it. Yeah. I, I'm really shocked at how good he is. I'm I kinda wanna go watch Tech War now. Really? Yeah, William yeah. Shatner's Tech War. Yeah, I am. He's I the star of it. So right, but that. Uh, I know. I know. Mater- it might be the material, <laughs> and you're you're basing it on a William Shatner. I know. Twenty percent written series and novels. My, my two dads, so BJ knows? and the Bear, Battle of the Network Stars, Greg Evigan. Yeah, I, I'm going to go watch Tech War. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, uh, I did like also when he's in the uh, he's in the private booth, which maybe in '92 private booths did look like that, where they just had like Home Depot picture windows. Right. Uh, <laughs> and also, I think the wrong angle on the stadium. Oh, of course, it was. Yeah, <laughs> it looked like a TV show. Anyway, um, but I like how he's kind of mocking his uncle a little bit. Ah, oh, you're going to beat the spread. Oh right. And then. When, the, when it turns around, he just... Oh, yeah, that's the other yeah. thing, is that not only does he not... I mean, he's already losing, mm-hmm. you know, but he can't even beat the spread, and then they just come back from this huge loss. Well, because he, ex- yeah, he didn't expect that player to take a lot of pain medication at halftime. Yeah. Which is kind of a weird, almost, indictment of uh, professional football. Like, these guys just taking as many drugs as they need to get through the yeah. stupid game. It's like, oh my god, well, that's disturbing too, and, just, and awful. There you go. Yeah. Took some extra pills at halftime, the quarterback says. Like, okay, great. <laughs> that's that's awful. 
Uh, Anti-concussion pills. Yeah, why did did you bet on the game? I was like, have you met him? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I think they implied they were friends, but yeah. Um, also, did you kind of think that the quarterback was going to play a bigger part in the episode? I did at think? first, yeah. I kind of did a little bit. By the way, I also want to point out real quick, Greg Evigan was also in a sitcom with Paul Schaefer. Oh, you're at the top? Yes. You're at the that's top. right. Yep. Oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> Nicely done. Uh, produced Nicely by done. Don Kirshner, I believe. Yes. They make a deal uh, with the, the uh, devil. They make a deal with the devil, these two like uh, loser musicians, uh, to have a year as super popular guys, and I think the 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 uh, sitcom did not last a year. It was maybe like no, a, se- seven episodes. Yeah. yeah, seven episodes. So you didn't get quite, quite see like a played out. But I forgot he was in that with him. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. that's real sad because that was written or created by Haywood Kling, who was a, a huge writer in 1970s TV. But anyway, once again, we've gotten off the track. <laughs> yeah, but I can't believe I can't believe that uh, you're at the top came up. I last I last remember thinking about that thing in college. But that's weird. I can't believe you knew it. That was the best part. I can't believe you know it. I didn't. Uh, know I, I, had that. The, I had this like I had this reference book I bought at the used bookstore in college, where just uh, this history TV or listed every single TV up to like nineteen every single TV show up to like nineteen ninety two, nineteen ninety three, and I just like read through that thing uh, one time. And then I, that that you know one I've probably read through that too, but I don't remember it. <laughs> well, that one that one stuck because uh, I was a huge fan of late night. And it just seemed like such a terrible, awful idea for a show. But it doesn't come up very often. So, mm. in the year 2018, it finally came up again. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, thank God. Ugh. Keeping it alive. Keeping yeah, it alive. Yeah. Uh, so, I had something I wanted to share with, with RJ. Because uh, I thought this might delight him a little bit. Because uh, as we're, I also, I hate to admit this, I don't think I'd seen this episode before. Well, why uh, I have you, watched why, it. Why would you have? Because I mean, because I I was binge watching it, and I somehow skipped right. this one. Because I mean, Greg um, Evigan, mob thing, whatever. I, I would honestly, too. I would too. That's why. Greg that's why I avoided it for a long time. I I don't really remember anything about his career. I I know I watched BJ and the Bear. I know I might have seen My Two Dads a couple times. Primarily, I know him because the British comedian Stuart Lee and Richard Herring used to host a sort of parody morning show. And they had a segment that was supposedly narrated by Greg Evigan. And it was just, he was like slightly psychotic and kind of like (laughs) obsessed with the book of revelation. And he would pronounce his name differently at the end of everyone. I am Greg Evigan. And I, I don't know that I get the joke, but that is absolutely what I think of when I think of Greg Evigan now. (laughs) Okay. But anyway, so not having seen the episode before and not knowing about the twist, uh, you know, I thought Evigan was going to be uh, the the killer. And then it was I I ended up watching it seven times uh, in the last two weeks. My wife keeps falling asleep while we watch it. So I have to go back and rewatch. But it's fine. I love it. It's a great episode. Um, And I realized on one of those viewings, he can't be the killer because RJ, he's the poor bastard. Oh, Evigan is? He's the sucker. Yeah. Yeah? Everything he does, he's basically getting played or he's making dumb mistakes. I you can so. see his death. You can see his murder coming 
you know, yeah. pretty far in advance. He is. Yeah, this is the Columbus said where the poor bastard is the actual protagonist. Yeah, neat, huh? Huh. I like that. I think you're right. Yes. And the murder. Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, th- I I love the twist in that. The the whole thing. It, it's such a great suspense thing where. He does all of this, uh, to set up his uncle's murder, mm-hmm. and then. Nope, he got hit by a car. So that whole <laughs> long sequence where you just see the car, the murder weapon, right. sitting there. And the first time you see Columbo in this episode, Columbo is in He's the murder in weapon. He's sitting in the murder <laughs> weapon. So you've got that, sir. So it's kind of like uh, there's an old thing, the um, the old Hitchcock thing. I think it's in the, the Hitchcock Truffaut uh, interview book where Hitchcock That's lays out people. the thing with, um, yeah, you got uh, two guys. Uh, sitting at a table in some restaurant, and there's a bomb under the table, and the bomb goes off whenever they die. But if you show them talking, and you show the audience the bomb under the table, and then go back to them talking, it just heightens the tension so much more. And I felt like it was kind of a bit of that in this, because that entire thing, you know that pipe bomb is under there. Someone's going to have to start that car up. And then when you see that it's the the gardener, it's like, ugh. Yeah. Can we just have a little moment of silence uh, for poor Fernando? Fernando. Right. Yes. Yeah. He <laughs> got his truck. He got his truck stolen and used in a murder weapon early in the morning, and then he ends up getting blown <clears throat> up in a fancy car. Fernando's labors yeah. are over now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was my wife. Actually, made me stop it then because she was so upset. Yeah. It was. It was just a weird. It was a weird, shocking twist, mm. and it was. For a 90s Columbo episode, it was surprising and good and interesting. It was, it was, just it was so, dark. Yeah. yeah. Oh, another thing about that scene, too. Especially in 90s episodes, there were a lot of cheats. And one of the worst was in the um, uh, the one where Columbo's uh, niece or whatever, or his nephew's wife is kidnapped at the wedding. Yeah, no yes. time no time to die. Yes. No and there's a huge to... cheat where like, oh, the guy was there at the reception all along and they show the photos later, but if you rewound the episode Right, he's not there. Different hotel, <laughs> he's not any of them. This though, if you watch the scene uh, that Columbo runs the, the videotape for, like well into the end of it, mm-hmm. uh-huh. it lines up. It it matches. Evigan oh. does that reaction. You see that the uh, football team's camera is right at the exact angle that that videotape would be. Like, they actually did it correctly. Like, you can go back and see, like, no, they did it right. They didn't cheat it. (laughs) They didn't cheat it. They they... did it that day. They did it well. They did it the right way. Which, I craft-wise, I was just so impressed by that. They didn't take a shortcut. You can see a crew member, though. (laughs) (laughs) Kicking the front half of the car across the field. Right, but I mean, but I mean, they did they did it really good. They didn't do the stupid uh, cheat with the editing and like, oh, well, everybody forgot what it looked like an hour ago, so we'll show it now. Right. Like, no, they actually shot it well, they, that day, and everything you know, they, did they, it that way. It was good. They did blow up a car, so probably they only had the budget for one. Exactly. But I, yeah. I take but your still, point because that yeah, is yeah. spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. No, that they actually they they had that attention to detail that you just mm-hmm. did not see in a lot of the '90s episodes. Yeah. No, it was good. There's uh, there's something else that happens right at the beginning of the uh, of the episode that at least I think this is what they were doing, and I'll run it by you because I want to hear your opinion on this. Um, <clears throat> the first 
10 minutes of the episode, but basically up to when we meet Dolores is very straightforward. It's expositional, but in a, in a really graceful way, I'm not upset with how they just gave you all this information because you, you meet Harold and within five seconds, you can see he's a gambling addict and a loser. He's a guy from the East coast. Who's this putting on this fake cowboy affectation living out West, which I thought was great. Yeah. yeah, Shopping mall cowboy. That's a great way to put it. Yes. (laughs) Which Columbo even points out like, Oh, all these boots you get in Beverly Hills. Right. Yeah. No, no, it's exactly shopping mall cowboy. Oh, that's good. But, yeah. um, but yeah, so we get that. We understand he's in <laughs> trouble with the mob. The casino manager ha- actually gives us the background on Fred, so we know about the Stallions and the football team. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harold jogs with, with Fred, by the way, smoking while he jogs. Very funny. Oh, right. <laughs> Greg Evigan <laughs> takes a couple puffs while he's jogging. It's really good. Yeah. Um, so you get the relationship between them. Everything that's happening is at face value. And what really makes this episode great is that Tyne Daly's character is so unpredictable. So when we meet her the first time, she's kind of like a love-struck, drunk, uh, Blanche Devereaux kind of character. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and he's Mac from Sunny, but we'll get to that some other time. And, uh, <laughs> oh, really? Uh, huh. But up to that point, everything is really, you know... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's really clearly laid out. And I think that was done really intentionally so that when you meet Dolores, you just accept at face value that she's going to be this drunk, love-struck dope and that Uh she's going to get taken advantage of and maybe even that she's going to get killed next. So that when she turns out to be a lot smarter than we give her credit for, it's a genuine surprise and a delight. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, definitely. Yeah, no, that's the the greatest thing about this episode besides Tyne Daly, is how they wrote her. Because you just think nothing of her, and you're like, oh my gosh, they're just going to make her do this for the whole episode. And then you see a little bit more. But even when he makes a phone call in, in the morning, and she's all, you know, and she's doing the blender and all that. Bless her heart for actually hitting. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, it was, it was important because she does that. And it was just yeah. like, cracked me up. Um, you still aren't sure, and then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, mm-hmm. okay, she's... How, uh, yeah. how great is when he asks her for money, and she just, with that little <laughs> smile, distant smile on her face, says, well, I won't give it to you. Well, that, that scene, I love that scene where he is just, it, it's at the, uh, the, the dinner at the restaurant, and he's just going on and on and ranting and ranting just while he with his mouth full but also just talking about like uh, somebody having like syphilis in the brain and all this kind of stuff and they keep cutting to her and her expression just changes throughout that scene it's really good acting where she's just kind of realizing this guy is not going to change and he is a huge loser and Mm -hmm. eh. but that both of them in that scene, it's some very, very good acting. Some of the best acting I've seen in Columbo, actually, which is weird. She, uh, to say. yeah. Christy, where were you, what were you saying? Oh, I was I, just saying that she was just, I think it's just, it was brilliant how they, they wrote the episode, um, her part, especially, mm-hmm. um, because you just, you really think very little of her, you know? Yeah. And, and by the end, she's just so cold. That last scene mm-hmm. with her, just where she she's dressed yeah. like a villain from Batman sixty six, yeah. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And just upbraiding um Donna Davis, the the, the lawyer, Bertie, for mm-hmm. just like, Oh, you've been a great help. 
Just so oh, sarcastic yeah. to him. And him, actually, that, that scene where Columbo lays it all out, uh, the murder uh, plot, and he's, Donis Davis, he's like, triple take he does, because he's so shocked, is comic, pretty much. I wish he was drinking coffee at the same time. I know, it's spit like, take. It should have like been there, because yeah. that's, that's all that was missing. It's just very funny and strange. We were talking about this for the show, but it, it, this uh, versus uh, the other episode, the Twin Peaks alum, this was the much better one. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. And I, I had actually forgotten that he was in this one. And so when I just got all giddy again, you know, when I, cause I'm a huge Twin Peaks fan also. Right. So. Yeah. No, cause, cause um, yeah, it was first being surprised that uh, Tyne Daly was uh, then seeing his name come up in the credits. It's like, Oh, well, major Briggs. Okay. We'll see what happens here. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's my good intro. I didn't for know They were owls in this one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe that wasn't the I don't think that was the owner's box I think that might have been the Red Lodge that was the Red Lodge huh. yeah, um, yeah it, it probably is because Don S. Davis is in this and it, whenever you see a Lynch actor you kind of like you are on the lookout for Lynch because he's such a powerful signature on his, mm-hmm. on his performers but there were scenes in this that did feel kind of Lynchian specifically the incredibly helpful casino employees yeah, actually, I've got I've got in my notes, casino folks are nice and helpful. I've got that written <laughs> down here because that whole sequence when Columbo goes to the actual uh, casino where the uh, poker tournament's supposed to happen, he just—they're all just very like, oh, very matter of fact about it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they yeah. knew exactly who bought the t- when they sold the ticket, what time they sold him the ticket, yeah. when they when they gave him the manicure and cut his hair, when he ordered eggs and pancakes yeah. and whatnot. I really, yes. I really love when the waitress kind of turns to him and goes, "What was he wearing, Ed?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, hmm, well, let me think. Yeah, it just it describes the outfit perfectly. But, but I mean, the scene you're talking about <laughs> with the actual guy on the phone with uh, Columbo, it's, yeah. just, it's a little yeah. ridiculous. Because he just but it's, goes through both sides of the conversation, word by I, word. This is true that it is ridiculous, but much like I think the uh, the dealership scene, we were about ready for a little release valve. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Plus, you know, to some to some degree, uh, Harold's murder isn't even really that important. No, it isn't. It you seems know? like a bit of an afterthought, but it also yeah. seems kind of deserved in a weird way. Yeah, but it, it was well, still—he he killed a dude. So. <laughs> but, but it was still surprising to me because you don't mm-hmm. expect the main character in a Columbo episode to end up getting murdered. You don't expect, yeah, a, no, you don't expect it to end up like uh, No Country for Old Men, where three quarters through <laughs> the guy even following the whole time, dead. Yeah. Spoiled. Just there was a lot of oh, death in this. That episode. movie came out a few years ago. Okay. People should know by now. Christy, thank you so much for calling us your favorite podcast, even though literally all we're doing is talking over you completely. That's, that's so <laughs> I'm used to listening to you guys. So. <laughs> this is just like being in the car for you. I know. I keep thinking, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll go get some coffee. No, wait, I have to keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't leave us alone. I mean, we'll notice that. <laughs> I'm I used to know. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, the uh, more than even being deserved, it kind of felt like they were just trying to get the rest of the Herald investigation out of the way. Like yeah. they just. Oh. Yeah, maybe. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Also, he's a loser. Get rid of him. Yep. <laughs> you know, I mean, because he didn't even change his name to like Hank. You know, it's he's right. Still right. Old, yes. So. Actually, it's a great point. Yes. You think he's trying to be like a stuff cowboy guy? He would do that. Yeah, that's a. I didn't even think of that. Yes. Hank he was still going. He was still going by Harold. That's right. Oh my God! What a chump. well. He's he's a terrible cowboy, and his ego is enormous. So he would probably right. think his name was perfect. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. That's true. He's he was just he was just so annoying and just so you know like you said when he was like I'm laying here laying here naked. Oh my God. <laughs> but but her she, she was just kind of like all you know. Yeah. Sorry, I think <laughs> that, I threw up in my mouth a little. You know that laugh that she gives is not necessarily a a flattered laugh. <laughs> no, no, it isn't. <laughs> and, and then got up right away to go get the burglar murderer tools. <laughs> And a closet oh, so she had, exactly. a glass cutter, we can do and a this suction. Now, then, right? We'll yeah. just do this tonight. She's organized. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. We'll do this tonight. Uh, uh, why? Who, have... What happened to the cat? You hear the cat oh, yeah. multiple times this episode. The guy's got a cat in his uh, cabin. In his little they, trailer or whatever it is. They cabin. They couldn't hire a cat. They couldn't hire a cat from Central Casting. It's just well, all the weight is on the back of the uh, Foley department the entire time for this cat. That's it. Wow. Yeah. You just hear it. We may as well have it. We have a cat. Listen to that. Oh, my God. Here's our cat. <laughs> I think there was a cat strike uh, in Hollywood. Oh, at the there time, probably so. was. Yeah, 92. <laughs> the like Feline right. Guild. Yeah. yeah. That must have been it. Uh, I wrote down a bunch of uh, Harold trying to zing Columbo and getting zinged back. Oh, oh there, were, there were good ones, yes. Oh, uh, my He's favorite so perfect. one. He thought he was so clever, which I think Dude. is the greatest thing. Uh, yeah, it the it all comes to uh, the ant where he claims he's ambidextrous. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> which, which is Columbo's under the car. By the way, the, the thing about climbing under the car is the worst important clue that I've ever seen on Columbo because <laughs> Evigan is about a head and a half taller. Oh, Which means, yeah. He, yeah, he could have reached with either hand. It was fine. Right. Uh, also, you could go in from the other side. Yes, what was going on? Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I was, I, I was at a party last uh, last week, and there was like a little table buffet, and the forks were in the middle of the table. And I nobody was drinking, I don't think, at this point, but somebody was trying to reach the forks from the far end of the table. Oh, my gosh. And she was leaning over, and, like, there was dip and stuff underneath her. I was like, this is terrible. And I, I had to make her come around to the short end because it was giving me headaches. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, because I, I just simply said, well, he could just go around the other side, yeah. that, right, where it was next to. <laughs> this, this really was not a Columbo episode. I don't know if you're really supposed to – it's – He's not at his best exactly, but oh, he's. I don't he, know. Well, I liked him quite a bit in this myself. I think he was fun. He was. Fun. I thought there was good detective stuff in this episode for him. I think the best part of the detective stuff was the do on the car. Yes, and that, that was an inspiration moment. Well, I mean, I mean okay. Even aside from the, the uh, detective stuff, uh, there was good Columbo stuff in that with the uh, crossword puzzle. Uh, yeah. Talking to the implication <laughs> that uh, Mrs. Columbo likes feeling his sweaty feet because they're soft. <laughs> Things like that. That is so weird. That was very yeah. weird. 
that was uncomfortable, but also kind of like, oh, that's good for them. At their age, <laughs> good for them. That's nice. It's like 50 at the time. Um, <laughs> all I'm really saying is that, like, as clues go, that was a weird one for Columba to pursue so doggedly when there's, like, other obvious answers. Yes. You know? Yeah. Uh, but there is there is that great bit. So he's under the car, and he says, if you're left-handed, you could reach under and use the pliers. Like you. Like you're left-handed. And Evigan's defense is, I could be ambidextrous. Like, that is actually an indictment. That's oh, saying, yeah. yes, you're right, I right. use my left hand. Right. That's the, the dumbest thing, thing he said. It was because he was holding his cigarette yeah. in his left hand. And I'm I, like, no, but you all... He didn't even have to defend it then. No, he really didn't. Well, that's actually, there was something in the, this that made me think about Columbo in its entirety. Um, because so, so Evigan is extorting, uh, I should say Harold is extorting Dolores for $15,000. And yeah, he's going to ask for more later. And so she decides, well, I got to kill him. And I just keep thinking, you're really rich now. Pay him off. And then take a little time to think about how to kill him. Right. Yeah. Now that's a good oh, point. Don't, that's don't a good just point. Get rush into it. And this happens a lot in Colombo, where somebody's like, "Ooh, I could get some money," and they murder somebody instead of being like, "Or I could wait a month and really get a good plan together." Right. I mean, yeah. she had already said that she could get ten thousand without even her husband. Yeah, she got him ten thousand even knowing. I think it was like ten grand, and I'm like, "Wow." Yeah. That'd be <laughs> Which nice. Is about like about 20 or 30 these days. Yeah. Yeah. So a little patience, but I obviously, you know, that makes this a series and not a single episode. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, so one of the, one of my, I just want to give my favorite line, which is, um, Columbo says something about, you might've seen some mention of it in a newspaper, like at the barbers and Evigan's response. Oh, and yeah. you see, he's trying to like class shame Columbo. And he just says, my hairstylist only su- supplies music, which yeah, first off is yeah. a s- super hard way of saying that supplies music. Yeah. <laughs> and also it's not a zing. No, it's not. It not at all. And then Columbo, of course, says, what I'd like you to do is put on your thinking cap. And it's just so demeaning and insulting to him. It's terrific. Well, and, the, and what they're referring to, um, the source of the pipe bomb plan for, uh, Harold is this this magazine Soldier for mm-hmm. Hire, which and they just have a flat out article in there saying like how to build a pipe bomb. And oh yeah, step by step instructions. Yeah, with the photos and everything. And he's just, he even bought he even bought the right brand of explosive. Did you notice that? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then I mean, actually, it's weird because there's other weird. To me, just like uh, echoes of other old episodes where mm. he's putting it together in his kitchen table, which reminds me of the uh, McGowan episode with the uh, military school. And then, he's testing, really yeah, and then he's testing it on a crappy car out in the middle of the desert. Which, is your... which I was really glad yep. they showed the ch- Which the that reminded me a little bit, yeah, of the... Um... The Dick Van Dyke episode. Right? Actually, no. I, oh, that oh. one. But I was thinking the... Uh, the um... Roddy McDowell one? No. No, no. <laughs> Gosh, they had a lot with bombs, didn't they? Um, <laughs> no, the uh, the the uh, Jack. Um, oh, Jack Cassidy. Or, yeah, the Jack Cassidy yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, that one with the uh, the crazy mad bomber guy. Yeah, that yeah. one reminded me a bit of that. Yes, 
Oh, why can't I remember the name of it? I, love I can't episode. either. Oh, Publisher Parish. Uh, yes, that's Publisher it, Parish. Yeah. Okay. But then also another thing I remind you of. Uh, I, I was so hoping the football team would end up being the LA Rockets from Crucial Game. Oh yeah. Because that'd be great that they had a whole bunch of like ownership <laughs> changes through the years, and they're still in Los Angeles, and now this guy owns it, <laughs> and it's still associated with a horrible murder somehow. Yeah. But sadly, well, no. I like to think, astounding. by the way, that that Harold was such a was such a chump that uh, when he heard that his uncle had been murdered, one of his thoughts must have been, "I paid so much money." For a piece of shit car that, to test the explosives on. Yeah, yeah exactly. I yeah. could have saved three hundred bucks. Well, and also uh, his own car, his own like a little classic muscle car. There, he probably messed up the suspension a bit towing it out there because you see the tow rig on the back of his car. It just changed, which was a nice detail. You saw the chains. Yeah, and the I agree. There was it's chains. There was a bracket, like... but it probably messed up his uh, old uh, classic car a bit too. Pulling out there all that ways. Not thinking right. Not no thinking. One saw right. him pulling that. The know? guy didn't think right at any point. Well, even Columbo points it out when uh, he's yeah. trying to put forward the uh, the here's how I think it happened thing that mm-hmm. they always do. And he's saying like, oh, it's some like a uh, mafia guy getting even. And Columbo's like, yeah. Do you think a mafia guy wouldn't have worn tennis shoes instead? Do you think a mafia <laughs> guy just he would have just thrown the gloves away in the garbage can? 50 feet away like well, that's he a, just shoots down of the, all of them which is great one mm-hmm. of the interesting things in this episode is there's two different occasions where professionals are blamed for the murder mm-hmm. first when harold does it and then when when frank mccray's uh captain what's his name captain johnson or whatever oh yeah uh, oh, robertson. Uh, robertson robertson yeah. thank you uh it was somebody's son i knew that uh <laughs> when he's looking at the window in the cab and he goes obviously obviously a professional I love oh, yeah, because of the way the glass was cut. Right, oh, and right, Columbo, yeah. I think Columbo just has this uh, personal rule that it is never a professional. Right. They it, always it's say someone, a professional. It's someone trying to pass it off, and it does. it's not the case. Ever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That was, some, that was, I think, if I had to point to, like, some real good Columbo detective work, it was just that built-in skepticism. Well, actually, you brought up uh, Frank McRae's character. I liked him in this quite a bit because... Another thing that reminded me of the 70s episodes, because the 90s ones, it seems like everybody run Columbo treats them like, oh, there's old Columbo. (laughs) (laughs) They look at the camera, roll their eyes. Whereas this, the other cops are treating him like, where is he? I don't know where the hell he is. (laughs) It's annoying. (laughs) This this guy is annoying the way he does stuff. Which, that to me felt a lot more like the 70s ones than the 90s ones, which I liked a lot. Like the annoyance with Columbo. Like the impatience, I think I liked quite a bit. I need to do a survey of '90s episodes because I'm actually I'm beginning to wonder if the His, difference is that is... not what we've been doing. I know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what What is this show, Ben? You know, we we ought, we ought to look at these things and talk about them at length oh, and analyze them right. somehow. Well, I need hmm. to I need to look at them in comparative sense. I'm just wondering if part of the thing about the '90s episodes is you know, because in the seventies, class was so much about really tackiness. I mean, it's just. What, do you remember in um, a friend in need, where that bathroom had shag carpeting all the way up to the tub? Oh, Ugh. oh, it was yeah. Just, yep. And yeah. The, that was and the velvet wallpaper too, or flocked wallpaper. And that was the height of luxury somehow. Or, yeah, yeah. And I'm just wondering if the nineties episodes, because. 
by the nineties, what was glamour was, you know, stuff that kind of looked like the inside of a Radisson suite. Yeah. Oh, I just wonder if maybe well, that's it's like Star Trek Next Generation. It's like, oh, there's yeah. there's future luxury. It all looks like a beige hotel lobby. Well, there's, you know, around there's that also, same time. Well, yeah, but there's the whole idea that in the in the seventies, you know, it was only the famous rich people, and mm. there were there was a big difference in the seventies. It's like you didn't have that many that we knew about. Oh you know? yeah, but in okay. the nineties. There's so many people who are, you know, that were well off and they had made money here. They made money there. So the distinction was a little bit different because it could be just an anybody. They didn't have to be, you know, glamorous and and, you know, super famous. They could could just be rich, you know. It's a real good point. It's the anthropologist to me. I can't help. Yeah, I just got, got like really kind of flattened out somehow, too. Dr. Christy Blanche, by the way, everybody. Um, yeah, actually, I, I don't want to derail the whole episode to talk about that because that's I'll probably I need to do some research on it. Well, no, but I mean, that's, that, that, that's, that's a good part, theory. That's part of the show, though, is a mm-hmm. huge like the, the whole class issues thing. Oh, I yeah. Mean, that's, yeah. yeah. From the, just the nature. You know, if he was if he looked like James Bond walking in, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody he could be the same, same exact person. He looks like James Bond. It's like all of a sudden, oh, he looks like he's a higher class. So we're going to he's probably smarter. You know, instead he's, you know, Columbo and one of the most brilliant people in the world. So I would be really interested because we, you know, obviously there's always talk about Columbo uh, being revived. And it would be kind of interesting to see how we would deal with wealth in the era of the 1%. Mm. I, I think know, it would be a lot of just really, really very, very, very rich people. They, they'd be even richer than they were in the previous two incarnations, yeah, probably. Like, it's that untouchability of wealth in the modern era that makes me curious about how it would play out because I think there's a – I mean if, if someone were to kill Jeff Bezos, and I'm not saying you should, <laughs> but if, yeah, someone, okay, if sure. someone were to do it, uh, I'm not 100% sure cops would get to investigate the scene. No, of course not. No. Yeah, so I don't – there's a real locked-off world of wealth. It's always existed. I can't pretend that like it just popped up in the last few years. But it feels different now in a really, like, putting up the walls kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah, it would be a complete yeah, – I just I, – I, some parts of me, I kind of hope they don't ever bring this back. I don't think they'll get around to it. I don't know. It doesn't seem like a super popular thing, and I kind of hope they don't do new versions of it. It would be kind of interesting to see, like, maybe once – but yeah, as an ongoing I mean, thing, I, I don't know. I could I could handle a Columbo film with the right actor and the right writers. Right. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I mean, a series I think would. Well, I don't know. Actually, it, it might take some time to you know fit find your fit. Yeah, I guess because Columbo they, is a really unique show. I think they should just tell new stories. <laughs> just I think come up with I new stories for talented people. Leave it alone and just. You know, put it yeah. back on Netflix so I don't have to change my... Exactly, know. yes. That's the thing. It needs to show up on Netflix so I don't have to pull DVDs out of cases. Because last night I was lazy. watching... I have season one out again, and I'm, but it was, I think it's the third disc, and it just... It's not bad, epi- they're not... And none of them are bad, but just not my favorites. Just, you know, two in a row, and I'm like... Yeah. Oh, right. You mm. know... Do I get back up out of bed? First world problems. This is my big dilemma. Do I get up out of bed, <laughs> put in disc four, or I'm kind of comfy? You know, I don't want to disturb the dog. 
So, yeah. So, Suzanne Flechette, by the way, wore some horrendous clothes in that episode. Anyway. I do love them. Oh, love that them one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love them all. Yeah. So, back to this episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I think we this covered fun. a lot I like of stuff. I like when we kind of just ramble. I'm looking at other things in here. Um, weird. Oh, I've got one. Oh, sorry. Yes. Oh, sorry. You know, you first. You first. Well, I, the 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 thing just before the uh, <coughs> gardener is killed in the car explosion, it becomes almost a comic thing where vehicle after vehicle after vehicle just pulls up <laughs> into the driveway, and yeah. you see and you see Harold gets so uncomfortable because. Cars and vans just keep coming it's, and coming and coming, where it becomes it almost in. a comic thing, because it just keeps That's piling on for this. For as you said, John, this poor bastard is like, oh, <laughs> well, oh gosh, well, there's nothing. It, it almost becomes funny until somebody dies, but as, yeah. but before you know that someone's definitely going to buy it. It's almost a little funny, like, oh my god, this guy, something's going to happen bad. Yeah, here. he was going to go disarm the car, and you're kind of like, good, because it's really tense and to have a car he has to pretend bomb. to polish it, which is really <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which is yeah. funny. And then, yeah, it was just oh. great to, again, Evigan showing surprising depth, just yes. getting more and more uncomfortable. Yeah, it's great. Cool. And then he uncomfortable. Yeah. When Fernando when Fernando starts running up to the car and he just he just hangs his head. He's yeah, like, like, That's uh, it. That's yeah. it. I'm done. Finished. <laughs> oh, no one's got a key. Oh, I have a key. Ah crap. It's just like, wait a minute, we've been wanting to move this car the whole time. Now you tell us you have a key? Well no one asked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I open it up. Oh my god. Um gosh. I've got something that so there's the, the scene where um Harold has just passed the the murder or the the hit and run scene, and mm-hmm. he finds Dolores there and drives her back. And I think they had to go back and reshoot that because when you see close ups of Harold and Dolores in the car, she has her hand completely covering her face. Oh, and like yeah, moves the, it. the shawarma scene at Avengers, pretty much. Yeah, I yeah, 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 do yeah. See Avengers, I guess. Um. Well, he had like the guy who played Captain America had like a mustache. They shot that like a year and a half later, so he's got his like hand over his upper lip while they're eating stuff. <laughs> they should have done that, that. Superman yeah. Justice League. He should have just been constantly eating hoagies. Yes, yeah, so, oh god, <laughs> I'd watch that movie. That's a good series. On my planet, totally it stands for Subway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nice. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think it's a different actress because her hands look older than Tyne Daly's. So oh, weird. Yeah. Oh, now I'm gonna go have to go back and watch it again. Dang it! <laughs> you can just watch that one scene. <laughs> yeah, that's not how it works. Ah, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, another, Sometimes another item I liked uh, the uh, the young cop with the hat and the bag who was so nervous oh. at the end. That was a lovely thing. It was actually a really nice. Uh, play on the old Columbo stuff because there's usually some some cop he's got coming in with the evidence at the end. This guy he, he didn't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. It's like why don't you knock? Like I didn't want to interrupt or something like that, which I thought was mm-hmm. wonderful. I thought it was great. Yeah, it was I love nice Columbo. Bit. It was a great bit. He got like he became fussy aunt, you know. <laughs> yeah. he's just, oh, how would I know you there? Come, I need this. Come right. in. Yeah, so good. Oh, there's so much to love in this episode. Oh, and that, that, that same is, scene, that so same much. scene in the in the uh, the owner's box, 
all the players in the owner's box with their various uh, terrible injuries. <laughs> neck, right. neck braces, slings, whatever. It's like they get beat the hell up playing this game for a shitty team. <laughs> And they're just yeah, all the there. stallions are the the stallions are like the worst in the league. Wasn't it stated like they were not a good? Oh yeah, team? I, I think so. Yeah, they're the worst in the league. And these guys are hanging out during the game because they can't be in the field because they've been injured horribly <laughs> by from this sport. Now, did you think they were injured or do you think they were faking because Dolores no. was such a soft touch for a beefy dude? No, I think they were injured because they didn't they they didn't take the extra pills at halftime. So. <laughs> I would, the guy with the neck brace was jumping around and throwing his hands in the air. Oh my god. This was a. It's, this, I can't believe that this ended up being a very good episode. Tyne Daly. It was a really good episode. Tyne Daly taking that one football player by the hand to show him where the bathroom is. Oh my god, that was weird. Oh yeah, and walked him right in there. Yeah, and then she's almost like, going to go says, in. Oh, I, thought, I, I, I love... thought she would. I thought she'd go in. Like, ooh. Well, yeah, you know, she's she clearly has just bought a smorgasbord, you know. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, oh it's yeah. a man buffet. She's got a man buffet. I guess so. <laughs> oh, actually, that was the thing at the at the wake. They're the first time watching this. They're singing the Notre Dame fight song. I thought, like, okay. Watching it a second <laughs> time with headphones on, at the beginning, uh, when Big Uncle Fred is in the shower. He's singing it in the shower, so evidently he had some kind of connection to Notre Dame. I didn't catch it until I actually listened to it on headphones, because it's so faint. So it's actually a callback right. to him being some Notre Dame alum, I guess? I don't know. But I thought that was I a nice touch. I think that was touch. the implication, yeah. That was a nice touch, yeah. I think... I, uh, I just noticed it because of the Indiana connection. I was like, yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, only other thing I wanted to mention is there's a really weird transition in this episode where they literally cut from Tyne Daly's cleavage to Greg Evigan's batch. Oh, dear. While he's sitting in his underwear. It is oh, the weirdest my. transition I have ever seen on television. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. See, I have to watch the whole thing again now. Because <laughs> I don't think I can live without seeing... I'm like, getting everybody to watch this again. Ugh. <laughs> so, like, let's... Keep... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Wrap this up? Yeah, this up? yeah, because, I mean, yeah. I think it's just getting to the point where I just only have good to say about it. And almost that, in a way, gets to be kind of repetitive in that this is a good episode. People should watch it. But you know what? I'll save that for my wrap-up. Um, sorry, I guess. Christy, uh, what, what would you have to say about this? What would you have to say to recommend this to folks uh, who might be a little bit shaky or a bit like uh, not wanting to maybe watch a 90s Columbo given what you usually hear about it uh, what would you tell them about this um, I wouldn't mention Greg Evigan but they might not know who he is anyway um, <laughs> yeah maybe I'm not I'm not sure I mean I, I would probably you know say hey well you know you've got you know some Twin Peaks in there it's a little you know it kind of takes that little you know turn it's even you know with Birdie and um, I don't, I'm not sure what I would tell people. I, I don't know how I would convince people because in my mind, if somebody went, oh, you want to watch this show? It's got Peter Falk in it. I'm in anyway. So, <laughs> right. of course, you know, and I would watch I would watch Tyne Daly and about anything, too. And her drunk again. Oh. It was. It, yeah. It, she, I'm just like, I want to hang out with her. You know, right, right. I, right. I want to. I want to hang out with the Tyne Daly anyway. She seems yeah, exactly. great. Well, yeah, yeah, but yeah, 
but especially her, I mean, in that, because she just was like, just going to have fun. If she's on Twitter, I'm going to, after this, I'm going to go tell her how great she is. Okay. You so, do that. I'm so amped up right now. So I, I, I guess I, I should have said, like, uh, being a big fan of the show, Chrissy, how would you put this in the whole continuum of the 70s and 90s episodes? How would you put it in that I would say this is, this is one of, um, I think this is one of the, uh, I would I'd say it's one of the, the top episodes. One of the, like, you know, mm-hmm. one of more of my, it's definitely one of my favorites of the 90s episodes. Although oh, I yes. do have a spot for the 90s episodes, too, just because that's. I got to, you know, I don't know. That's, I just, I just love them all. Um, and there are some <laughs> horrid ones. Yes, but I still love them. I, I would, I would put it up in, I would put it up in probably the top 25%. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, in terms of the nineties uh, episodes, because I mean, I think there's a lot of folks who, who are familiar with Columbo, who some of them probably don't even know there were ones in the nineties. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially with the fact that, um, on Netflix for such a long time, only the seventies ones were available, but I yeah. would, I would lump this one in with those. To, to me, it's the most seventies feeling ones of the latter Columbo episodes. I Absolutely. was both times through watching this. I was genuinely shocked at how much I enjoyed it. Um, I think even aside from me and Columbo episode, and I think uh, from John saying quite a bit that there wasn't a ton of Columbo in it. It feels like a really good sort of, like just dirty crime story aside from that. Like, yeah, yeah. I guess I, it just feels like a really good plot for that sort of thing. I, 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 I this might be my favorite one of the nineties episodes at this point now, nice. which feels yeah. weird finding that finally so late in the process of doing this podcast to find one like, <laughs> Oh, this is, this is great. This is like some kind of like a golden nineties episode. Yeah. I, I, for someone who watched, Oh, who's only familiar with the seventies uh, ones. I would show them this one and say, like, watch this and don't expect anything better than this ever from the 90s once. <laughs> oh, no, but don't. Yeah, definitely. Definitely don't watch this one first and go, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like so you would appreciate this one even more, uh, given, you know, like, for instance, yeah, Undercover or something like that. Um, but yeah, this one was a shock. It was great. John. Yes, sir. What would you rate this one? Well, uh, I would like to add that this is definitely in the top twenty-five percent. I would say, yeah, this is the best '90s episode. I, you know what? Yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna agree with you. Yeah, it is. It has in my. I have heart not. Heart. Well, hold on. I have not yet okay. seen the George Went episode, but yes, go ahead. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> or I'm the one, so or worried. the one with the I'm dentist. S- yes. I'm so worried that we're going to get to the George Went episode, and it's going to turn out to be fantastic, and I misremembered it. I think we're probably <laughs> safe there. Probably, probably. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this knocked Columbo Likes the Nightlife off the top of my list of 90s episodes. Wow. Oh, this I like is... that one a lot. You know what? I agree with you. Yeah, I like Columbo yeah. Likes the Nightlife a lot, but this is just, yeah, this is better. Way better. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it, I, if I had to pick, you know, like five from the 90s, both the Magoon episodes are on it, and this is better uh, than both the Magoon episodes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, yeah. It's really good. Um, I think... I even think we got to talk about absolutely everything that was in my notes, including the cleavage to crotch transition scene. (laughs) So that's always important. (laughs) Yes. We in the industry call that the C to C. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. I'm not sure what industry that is or what that means. I was just lying. From here on out. Yeah. Yeah. 
Next next episode we watch, I'm going to be like, you know what this needs? More C to C. At least that's C to Shining C. Thank God. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Lord. Yeah. yeah, that's not good at all. <laughs> um, so Tyne Daly is amazing. Yes. Oh, my God. Wonderfulness. You know, I think here's how I would describe how everybody's acting. So Falk is great. He's always great. Has great scenes with both Evigan and Daly and uh, <laughs> the incidental actors. He's really on good form on this one. Even though, you know, this... Y- y- you could have taken Columbo out of this one. It still would have been a good, like, movie. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Which so, seems like that's a bad thing for a Columbo episode, but I, for story-wise, like, story it, it works. It's good. It's it worked beautifully. Well, yeah. If you think, do you guys watch Doctor Who at all? The new ones. Yeah. Uh, not really. Not really. Okay. Well, there's one episode, Blink. Oh, I've seen that one. Yeah. Okay. Everybody says that's the best, you know, episode to get people to watch, and oh. I'm like, to start off with, and I'm like, well, yeah, except the Doctor's not in it. I mean, so if, if I found that to be a really it's a really atypical episode, so... It is extremely atypical, so that's, you know... But, yeah, it's the same thing. You can take Doctor Who out of that one, and it's still a good show. This yeah. one, you could, but it wouldn't be quite as entertaining, because he is so happy at that car dealership when he sees those cars. <laughs> so happy that it makes me so happy. I could just... That's that's like my, my go-to to, like, okay, that's huh. how happy he can be. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen him how angry he can be, and you know, against you know Spock, and then right. this one, he's right. the super yeah. happy moment, clapping his hands, kicking his little feet, yeah, to the audience. <laughs> I love, I love what a little Muppet <laughs> Falk was turning into as he got older. Well, no, and he did he it was. too with the um, with the um, uh, during the crossword thing too. He had a very similar reaction during that scene, also. Yeah. Yeah. Got so joyful of figuring something out. It was wonderful to see. Yeah. And it's weird, too, because this, I mean, this is more or less at the end, I think, of, it's in 92. Right. I think it's the second to last episode. Which is weird, Uh, because you think, I don't know, I I can't believe that, yeah. Weird. Uh, It's uh, episode 61, it's about, yeah, it's eight episodes from the end. Okay. So he had a lot of time in the the 80s and 90s to get this new... Format down, and he's ha- he's clearly having a lot of fun on this one. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, but anyway, so yes, I should wrap this up and give my rating thing. Yes. I suppose. So yes. yeah, we're uh, waiting on tender hooks, John. <laughs> there's the guy who keeps the Excel sheet, and he's gonna want to know. That's right. Uh, I love that so much. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I can't remember your name. Uh, whoever's keeping the sheet, but you are wonderful. I know. And then, uh, so what's great about the episode is watching Tyne Daly, and she's a real powerhouse in this. And then Greg Evigan is a real surprise. So you oh, kind of get huge surprise. Yeah. Yes. So it's you get both of the ways you enjoy uh, TV or enjoy movies is that a really strong performance that you knew you could rely on, and one that gives you spontaneous delight. This is a really good episode. Just so I don't overuse the ten out of ten. I'm going to give this one nine, maybe even nine and a half, obnoxiously, unsuitably large 8 a.m. cocktails out of ten. Nice. Nice. Which, which even, <laughs> the, the the first, like, kind of inkling you get of, this is, like, when Greg Evigan, I thought, 
Like, okay, he's being great again. But the first part where I thought, like, oh, this is he's playing this really well, was when he first meets up with Tyne Daly, and just the little details when he takes the drink from her, smells it, like, oh, okay. It wasn't super broad. It was just enough. And that's the point where I felt like, oh, he's better than I thought in this. Yeah. Like, it was that first scene with her that I was kind of like, oh, this is something different. This is not what I thought this guy was going to do. And that was it. That was the scene. This is going to be depressing, but I just thought about why that might have happened. Because you're Greg Evigan, right? You were on one of the weirdly BJ and the Bear was like really highly rated or like really well received or something, and still well, disappeared. Real and quick. so was My Two Dads was like a pretty yeah. popular show yeah. for a long time. Yeah, very popular. Was yeah. that was that before or after this? I think it was before this. Yeah, well before it's eighty seven. Yeah. So you've got a guy here who has given a lot of chances and a lot. He was a star, but every time the show that he was a star on ended, he was in garbage. Mm-hmm. And I think he's able to get inside Harold's head of a guy who has a taste of the top. He knows what the knows what the top tastes like, tastes like knows what the top feels like, but keeps slipping down hmm. despite well, his best efforts. Who knows? So I'm gonna I'll lean on that. I think that's possible. That's possible. He was great in this, mm. though. I mean, he was great. I'm gonna go he watch Tech very War. Good. Yeah, yeah. Go join watch us Tech for War. our uh, join us for our new podcast when this one's over. All about tech war. Tell you what, you just you know, we will you you can write about it uh, next to the swamp thing series. <laughs> as join to... me for join us for our swamp thing review. Yes, slash tech war podcast. Well, now, if I... you wanted to do swamp thing uh, comic, you know that would be a little different. Yeah, very very <laughs> you know, you very know, different. You know, I write a weekly summary of the 1992-93 USA Network Swamp Thing series, right? Yeah, that's no, what I was. Re- that's what I was referring. That's what referring to. Yeah, was I was talking to Christy. Yeah. But... Oh my gosh. Yep. 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 Well, you know what? I, I actually now. So you just have a new reader. Yeah, right. <laughs> What's Hopefully, that? Like, the what? folks listening, at least like a five new readers. So there you go from <laughs> our listening audience. Hey, this oh. was actually on at the same time as USA as a Swamp Thing. But anyway. Oh, yeah. Weird. 92. Uh, Christy, thank you for coming back and doing this. Um, what should folks be uh, looking for you doing online or even in the real world? Where, where should they be going? Where should they be looking? What should they do? What kind Plug of comic shop do we find you in? In the real world. Um, I, I, I'm... What am I doing? Um, I still have my comic shop, Oh Yeah Comics, in Muncie, Indiana. All right. Good. Yes. It's awesome. You can find us new, at uh, on Twitter at Oh Yeah Muncie. Um, but for you're in New York uh, or in Chicago or in the Chicago area, um, there's Oh Yeah Comics there too. Oh, and I have a two stories in the new Tales from the Crypt, the volume that's coming out. I believe next month the trade in, Feb- well, so in, in February. Been, in case people listen to this some other time, February. Yeah. Of okay. 2018, so uh, I, was, I had to stop and think. That's the right year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've been doing that. Yeah, I did that so, today, actually. Yeah, at work. Yeah. So when the trade comes out, I'll, I have two stories in there, um, and uh, they're pretty wow. awesome and scary and creepy. I, my <laughs> kids read them, and they're like, "Are you all right, mom?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> nice." That's always yeah, a good thing. Know. Get family members to be bothered by something you've written. Like, oh. You're talking to us enough? Anything you want, yeah, exactly. uh, want to bring up? Any issues? Go get mom a drink. 
<laughs> Get her a tall screwdriver. <laughs> exactly, but not a real one. Um, <laughs> so. Nice. That's but, uh, nice. Yeah, That's terrible. So, it implies yeah, murder with a murder with a sharp tool. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Um, slap the table and so, yeah. So right. I've got that, and then um, so at Christy Blanche, I'll be at a bunch of conventions this year. Oh, I have cool. to sit down and do the schedule, but uh, there is uh, uh, the Columbo. Supposedly, they're going to have the Columbo um, convention here in New York. I've heard about that a little bit a while ago, but I, I haven't heard much about it since. So I don't know if that's happening or not. Oh, real quick, do you want to know what I got? Hmm. What? Do you? I know. I'm like all excited. Do you remember when Columbo got his portrait painted? I. Uh, we we haven't. I, is that an episode? That's an episode we haven't done, isn't it? I think so. Oh wait, no, no. It's it's a we haven't done a murder a self portrait. We haven't yes. done that one. We haven't done that one yet. We're getting to it. Oh, but... well, have you seen it? Either one. Oh, of I've you? seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I found the artist that actually did that portrait. What? No. What? And I emailed him, and I got a hold of the person that runs has his estate. And they actually still had um, prints of that signed oh, and numbered. Goodness and gracious! And I bought one. How, oh my so god! If you don't mind me saying, how much those run? Because I'm interested. Seventy five dollars. That's really. Mm, it's pretty good. It's actually, lots less than I thought. Oh wow! Now, if you want one, if you want one framed and all that, then it's more. But oh I'm sure, like, sure. I'll just yeah. go with the print. Yeah, you, you, you know? you'll go to like Utrecht or something to get a frame. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm getting it framed. It's going over my fireplace, and I am so excited. And my kids are just beyond ecstatic. Do they have a um, website for that or no? Is there a place easily no, accessible? I'll, do you have to I'll contact them? I'll send you them? the guy's email. Oh, I'd um, love to. Please do. Please, please his do. Name, his last name is Gerber, G-E-B-R. Okay. And I was so excited to find this, and and just, it's amazing. Yeah, so, no, yeah, I, so I, I am definitely, we, I'm definitely interested in that. And, uh, yeah, with. Yeah, maybe we should yeah. email that guy and tell him there might be an audience for folks interested in that. So thank oh, you I'm, for letting I'm us sure know. There, there is. I couldn't even believe it, but I was just was like, I, I need one because um, I was going to have one of my friends paint one for me. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> no, no. We, uh, <laughs> yeah, let yeah definitely let us know, and we maybe we can let the guy know that we could get him in touch with people who would pay for that. So yeah, okay. Yeah. Sure. Awesome. Holy cow. Yeah, yeah let's get, we'll spread the word on that guy. That yeah, we great. would definitely do that. Uh, John, uh, what do you have coming up? Well, days? if you'd like to read my Swamp Thing summaries, you can swing on over to <laughs> goneandforgotten.blogspot.com. Yes. Uh, which was on hiatus for a long time, and now it's back, and it's it's it'll get you caught up, I guess, if you're yeah, interested sure. in that show. Yeah, we'll <laughs> There you go. Uh, yeah, outside of that, I'm just, I was on, I, I took a break from like September to December and did nothing of value. So I'm just slowly getting all my online stuff back up. All right. There you go. Nothing wrong with that. Yep. Same here. Yep. What happens? Uh, we did it with this program, obviously folks listening. Uh, speaking of the program, this is, uh, just one more thing. If you want to listen to other episodes of the podcast, go to jmtpodcast.com or search for just one more thing on whatever you happen to use. If it's. Stitcher, if it's iTunes, if it's Google Podcasts, we're all over that nonsense. Um, we also have the uh, Twitter account. Once our phone is there, uh, we like responding to people. Uh, people that maybe uh, I have inadvertently blocked without realizing <laughs> over the years. 
How Go ahead, they... let us know. I don't know. I never block people. It must have been like a weird accidental push, or I, I, I have no idea, because I have the faintest idea who that, who that person was. So there you go. Um, but yeah, JMT Podcast on Twitter. Uh, we also on Tumblr. Now we're doing new episodes once again. John will be posting the uh, screen grabs, uh, further thoughts on things. I'm sure there'll be plenty for this one. Further surprisingly pleasant <laughs> uh, re- like uh, thoughts about this one because I this thing just struck me this up the side of my head. I never thought that I would like this one as much as I did. I there really hope one of our one of our listeners hated it because I would love to hear a perspective. Well, I'm from sure who did get on. This I'm sure someone will because it's the internet. So yeah, uh, but yeah, feel follow us in JMT podcast on Tumblr. We're there too. And if you want to actually, if you want to write in to tell us why we're wrong about this episode being a very good episode of Columbo, eh, please do write to us. Columbo at the citydesk.net. Uh, we're willing to hear you out and we'll read your email on the air in a subsequent episode of which we have a couple more lined up uh, very subsequently because we're uh, getting towards the end of this thing, sadly. So, uh, yeah, write to us and uh, we'll we'll discuss it. Uh, at the end of one of these deals. Uh, but yeah, that's the whole uh, show for this time around. Glad to be back. I'm RJ White. I'm John Morris. And uh, we'll talk to you very soon. Thanks. Bye. Oh, listen, just one more thing. Commerce Casino, Ed speaking. Do I know Harold McCain? Yes, I do. Uh, when did he buy his ticket in the poker tournament? Is, is that your question? Well, I came on duty at 4 a.m. this morning. He was here then. I sold him the ticket before he left. So the answer to your question is 6.30, the morning of the 10th. My pleasure.